Oh my goodness, the podcast party is officially back. I feel like I've been gone for centuries. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you to everyone who's here and to every single person who tweeted me as I was literally one foot in the grave, uh, dying from the cold. Um, so I'm back here, but I'm not alone. I wanted to bring on my good friend, Phil Lindsay on today. Um, Phil, I feel like I always do this to you, by the way. Every time I'm sick, I'm like, Phil, come on the show. I need somebody to to help me not talk so much. No, oh, no, it's all good. Uh, really good uh, episode of Dynamite to be reviewing. And Chicago Bulls won tonight, so pretty happy about that. Um, sucks that I lost my bet right before <laughs> I found that out right before I jumped on, but that's all right. Um, Chicago that's Bulls, all right. get a make it W. Up. You'll make it up eventually, man. You'll make it up. At least they got their W. Um, but it's so good to have you on the show today, Phil. Honestly, I feel like I feel like I've been seeing you so much lately at like so many events. So I feel like we've just gotten <laughs> to know each other like so much more. So I'm happy to have you on the show today. Um, yeah. Uh, when I came back from San Fran, I was really, really sick. So I'm glad this time I made it to California and get made it back healthy. So. It um, was the opposite because coming from San Francisco, I was great. And then coming off of WrestleMania, I was like, oh, dying. But, you know, I'm like wondering, I'm like, was it because I was like talking to so many people, shaking so many hands? You know, I carry hand sanitizer. I wash my hands frequently, but it's just like, you know, I guess being around so many people. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's kind of the travel thing. You got to you're rolling the dice every time you travel now because just uh COVID wants to get everybody, and if it's not COVID, it feels like this, like, cold or flu is running around, too. It is. It really is, actually. But anyways, we're here to talk about AEW Dynamite, guys, and we had a pretty newsworthy one at that. I actually thought it was a really good, strong episode of AEW Dynamite, so we are going to get into all of that here today. Also, before we get into all of it, if you are new here or if you're a regular, whatever your situation is, thank you so much for being here. And please, um, at any point throughout the show, if you guys want to help support this podcast, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat. And not only does it get your question or your comment here read on the podcast but it also helps support the show and uh, keeps us going keeps us funded and all of that good stuff we actually have our first super chat and this is from hunter tillman who says hey denise and phil i hope you're feeling better uh tonight's show was freaking incredible let me just say i immediately started crying when jeff hardy returned that man is my childhood hero he looks great so you know what let's go ahead and kick things off there because i think that hunter tillman sent in a pretty generous super chat and so we might as well get started um, with Jeff Hardy because that is literally one of the biggest um, pieces of news coming out of today's episode of AEW Dynamite. So as we know, Jeff Hardy has been gone due to he was, uh, you know, was unfortunately arrested again for a DUI and he was in rehab for quite some time. And a lot of us didn't really know when or if he would be back in AEW because with situations like that, it's not like an injury when you're like, oh, yeah, this person will be out for nine months and then he'll be back. It's not like that. It's different. So today during a segment with Ethan Page, uh, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, um, Big Billy, Moriarty, Hook, everybody getting involved in all of this um, as um, Hook runs out to help out uh, Matt Hardy and his guys out there. Uh, Ethan Page, he's taking on Ethan Page and Big Bill, but they're still outnumbered. And we finally get the return of Jeff 
Hardy. So I want to start there, Phil. Uh, obviously, we kind of knew that this was a possibility because Fightful Select had reported uh, probably like maybe within an hour or two hours before the show, somewhere around there, that Jeff Hardy was backstage. Uh, so with that being said, were you expecting to see him on today's show? And what was your reaction to seeing Jeff Hardy? Um, I was thinking he was going to be back soon because um, we kept hearing things about it. Um, but I didn't expect to see him tonight. Um, when I saw how the, how the beatdown was going, like at first when Hook came down, I was like, Hook looks at this. And then when Hook went down, I was like, oh, Jeff is probably coming. And I thought he got a great pop. I, th I think he looks great. Um, I hope that he's doing better. Um, I hope for the best for him health-wise and everything else. Um, of course, that comes before wrestling. But um, I want him to succeed, man. I really want him to have a good run in AEW. Um, and, you know, with everything that happened with him getting there, it seems like Matt really wants him there. So hopefully this goes well. I hope so, too. And that's the thing. Like, I know that this is kind of a controversial. I don't know if it's a controversial topic, but I do know that there are people that are going to have, you know, different opinions when it comes to this. And I did send out I put out a tweet asking people, you know, what their thoughts and what their reactions were to this. And I feel like the gist of like the overall general reaction is kind of the same in the sense that everybody is, you know, really like they're how do I explain this? Like people want the best for Jeff Hardy, but of course we're not there every day. We're not there in his private personal life. So we don't know, has he really conquered these demons? You know, we don't really know for sure. Right. And so I think for the most part, a lot of people are kind of just thinking like, okay, we really hope that this is the best for him. We really hope that he finally, you know, is able to you know, move on and move on to a better future with everything that he has gone through in, in his life. And so I feel like people for the most part are happy, but there are people that are kind of like, you know, this was too soon or, or this and that. So there is a little bit of a mixture of a reaction, but I think overall people are happy. Um, Phil, I kind of feel like, look, I really hope that this is it for Jeff in terms of, I don't I hope that he doesn't, you know, fall down, go, go back to the dark side, you know, all of that. Uh, if that were to happen though, I really do think that this kind of feels like the last and final real opportunity for Jeff Hardy. Do you kind of feel that way? I, I want to say yes, but this guy has had so many chances. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know. Um, I just, I hope it works out. That's all I could think. <laughs> yeah, like, I do too. Because um, this really does feel like if it doesn't work out this time around, I don't know if it'll work. You know, I know we've seen, you know, Jeff Hardy get a lot of opportunities. And the reason he does is because, you know, the fans love him. The fans love him. He's given his body and so much to this sport, to this business that you can't just like, you know, cast him aside. Right. Like you just can't do that. And so you want to you want him to succeed. Um, so with that being said, like, I do really think that this kind of feels like the like the last opportunity to really, really uh, have the opportunity to have a nice run with Matt Hardy to do whatever it is we thought that they were originally going to do in AEW together as a team. And this kind of feels like it. Now, another thing that I wanted to bring up, though, is that there's a lot of people that were kind of talking about, you know, whether or not, um, you know, a lot of some of the comments that I was seeing on Twitter were people kind of being nervous about the bumps that Jeff Hardy would take. Is that something that you've kind of thought about and seen Jeff Hardy return? I mean, if, 
if Jeff is back on TV, Jeff is going to be Jeff. Like I, I, I don't. He can come back and be cautious. Um, I mean, I know people as fans want him to do what's best for him, but he's made an entire career out of taking crazy bumps. I don't think he's going to come back and not take crazy bumps. Um, I was thinking like when this happened and then we got that, that weird Christian segment where he's just like, things are changed, cut to commercial. I was like, okay. Um, I was like, Hmm, does that mean like him and Luchasaurus are a tag team now? And does that mean that they could end up wrestling against the Hardys? I don't know what that means because I was so we did get this vignette with uh, Luchasaurus and this was very quick Luchasaurus and Christian Cage obviously Luchasaurus has this new look and it's all dark and there's like red smoke and this and that and that's all we get like that is true that is true I'm glad you pointed that out because I originally took that as like hmm Christian Cage is like saying that you know that you know Luchasaurus has changed that this dynamic between them has changed I don't know but I think that there's definitely more to that that you're right may tie into Jeff Hardy and uh you know Matt Hardy uh down the line so we'll see uh we got a super chat here from Grapple Geekery who says five bucks for the medicine fund feel better Denise I've been (laughs) Phil I've been drowning in uh tea Thank a shout out to Will, by the way. So Will shipped to me. Um, he actually sent me Ricola candy and an orange juice, which I still have not drank, but I have Ricola. it here. Ricola. Yeah. And I'd never had Ricola, by the way. This was like literally the first time. And so thank God he sent that stuff because it did definitely help. But I've been drowning in teas and cough medicine and it's disgusting uh lrg xb sends in a super chat super chat saying live from milwaukee son aw dinamita was an enjoyable show to watch live all the returns were la la bomba oh my god lrg xp hitting us with all the good stuff on the super chat uh i hope you had a good time at the milwaukee show it definitely sounds like it Chris Ludeck sends in a super chat saying, hey, Denise, hope you're feeling better. I think it was a huge mistake to bring Jeff Hardy back. Way too many strikes and too many DUIs. As I mentioned earlier, I knew that this was going to be a controversial topic. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like I can't argue when people say when people see it this way is because I in no shape or form want to defend somebody who um, has gotten numerous uh, DUIs because you can't defend that. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, you know, it's really not my place to decide, you know, what should or shouldn't happen to him. Um, so I, I think know. now we can just really just do one thing. And that is like hope that this is the, his hope that this is finally or how do I say this? So there was an, I think it was during Matt Hardy's podcast where he said something along the lines of, you know, he had been talking about the stuff that was going to happen to Jeff Hardy, that, you know, there was all these different possibilities of doing jail time and this and that, and him kind of really being scared during this period. And I hope that maybe in this situation where it got very, very serious and very, very terrifying, that maybe that is what finally, you know, was the awakening for Jeff Hardy. Yeah, hopefully so. Um you know, I'm not, you know, the one to say that anybody doesn't deserve a second chance. You know, not really my place to say. Um, but yeah, hope hopefully that this is it. And, you know, he turns everything around. I love how everybody's sending in the Ricola comments. Roberto Arsenal says, with Sting saying he's close to retiring, who in the roster would you like to see Sting and Darby wrestle in a tag match? I feel like, so that's a good question, by the way. But I feel like there's so many different, like, 
opportunities or things that could be seen. Have we seen, um, I would like to see them do some more with the Lucha Brothers. I think that would be really fun. Um, and that's kind of who I'm thinking about right now. Like instantly that pops up in my head. Phil, do you got anybody else that I haven't thought of? Man, it's one of those that um, Cody leaving there put a damper on because I feel like Cody and MJF versus Darby and Sting makes a lot of sense. Um, now, of course, we're not going to see that because Cody's not there anymore. Um, but that match does make a lot of sense. Um, out of guys that are left there. I'm trying to think who else would be really good. Like, I feel like there's just, there's got to be more, more than just like, obviously, the Lucha Brothers. They can do so, like, there's all these different pairings that I feel like they can do as well. Like, if they pair different guys together, like, I just want to see Darby in there with people that I know that he can, like, go with. And I think that would be, like, really cool to see. But there's definitely one there. Grapple Greekery sends in a super chat saying, maybe save the Swantons for pay-per-views for sure. Or, um, me, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Darf Steven sends in a super chat saying, glad you're better, Denise. And uh, Jeff did not dance so that was kind of like the running joke when All he business. first debuted into AEW and his brother's getting beat up on and jeff hardy comes out and it's like dun, dun. yeah all business this time man man that, I, I was kind of hoping that they would do that like as a like a throwback as a, like a joke but hey <laughs> it's serious now right yeah well you know another set of friends stayed backstage while their friends were getting beat up so you know didn't want it to happen twice. <laughs> That's definitely true. All right. So let's get into um, AEW Dynamite and some of the other things that happened. Let's get into like the first 30 minutes of this show because Darby Allen pretty much took up a lot of uh, a lot of the, the start for the show, but in a good way, guys. So we kicked off the night with Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland. And we know that these two guys have really good in-ring chemistry together. But damn. Did they really deliver today? I mean, they always kind of do, but they still delivered today. Um, this match, let's start with the match first, Phil. Um, the thing that I tweeted out, but it was kind of silly, was that Darby Allen was extra Darby Allen today. And by that, I mean that I kind of <laughs> felt like he was hitting things with a little bit of an extra spice, a little extra sizzle, like that freaking dive that he did right at the beginning. I mean, dude looked like a rocket ship coming in at that speed. But what we got here was literally just a lot of good stuff. We got a stunner, a dive, a swanton, literally right off the bat. And pretty much Darby kind of dominating a lot of this match. They go to the outside and... Swerve finally gets a little bit of an upper hand once he kind of uh, gets Darby on those steel steps and this and that. We uh, finally get back into the ring and we just see uh, my favorite or one of the spots that I really enjoyed was this uh, reverse hurricanrana that Darby did to Swerve to the outside of the ring. Um, come back, comes back in and Swerve literally gets him with a really crazy kick. Um, and we do see the embassy trying to get involved at one point, but uh we do end up seeing Darby eventually get the win here. There was kind of a lot that went down. Uh, how did you feel about the match portion of this show? I thought the match was very good. I think if anything we can say is the biggest takeaway since the Pillars stuff started is that Darby is the most over of the of all four Pillars right now. Like, when he comes out, he gets the loudest reaction. Um, he's wrestling right now. His, his promos are getting over. Um, he's white hot right now. Um, I think the Swerve stuff is great. I think it's great to go back to their chemistry and go back to their matchup from um, outside of AEW. I thought the promo that Swerve did on the road too was really good. 
Um, and I thought this match really delivered. It was a great way to open the show. Um, we got Darby biting feet. Um, <laughs> we got all kinds of like really crazy spots. We got uh, um, everything. I, I was worried at first too about Swerve when he's like now, what is it? Mogul Embassy, not Mogul Affiliates. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, all right. I think that's a good change for him. I like the I like the visual of him with Cage and Nana, and I think once Khan and uh, the other guy joins, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank with his name, but um, once they once they join, it's gonna be like a full stable. But I just love the presentation right now. I think the I think the theme is great. I think the ski mask he comes out with looks cool, um, and I thought he wrestled a great match. I thought he wrestled a match where it felt like he was desperate to prove something. Like, no, I own this guy. I made him who he is. But now we've seen like Darby on TV is different. Like Darby as a TV wrestler has evolved and he's he's moved past him. And you could see like how much that upsets Swerve throughout the match and even after the match. And then we got what we rarely see on Dynamite is an overarching story that started the show and ended the show. That's true. I'm glad you bring that up, too. Um, and I do want to touch on what you said about um, Swerve with the ski mask. I do think it's a good look. And, you know, I remember when the Mogul affiliate started, I was like, oh, no, this is not looking so good. I didn't think that the two guys that they had were really uh, hitting the mark there, unfortunately. So I do feel a lot more confident with, you know, what they're building now with Brian Cage and all of that. So that to me just feels a lot better. But also... So I'm, I'm, they have to at some point, like this is something that I still feel that has a lot of legs. I feel like they have to circle back at some point to Darby and Swerve, uh, you know, further down the line. That's yeah. definitely, I feel like they left us, you know, wanting more. But let's touch on what you said with Darby Allen's promos. Okay, so before we get to that, so... I kind of felt like when they did the whole bar mitzvah thing with MJF, I kind of thought like, okay, they're probably going to do like a four way, a double or nothing or something along those lines. Right. But now it, it, it's, I feel like I'm going back and forth on this where now I'm kind of starting to feel like, yeah, jungle boy has been great in this, but also I feel like Darby Allen is kind of the one, like you mentioned that feels like now I feel like it should be just Darby Allen versus MJF. And I'm kind of seeing myself go back and forth here. So do you prefer to see just like Darby versus um, MJF or do you actually want to see like a four-way type of match? Um, I think they should do the four-way, but I think if anything, this shows that they can circle back to just Darby versus MJF in a one-on-one -on -one match at some point. Because I feel like this is leading to MJF winning. I don't think that he's going to lose this match. So I think you still got time to splinter off and do one-on-one -on -one matches with some of these guys. Yeah, exactly. Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, just got back from a motorcycle ride. Should I bother watching Dynamite? First of all, Heidi Ho, thank you so much for the generous super chat. And I would say that, yes, I thought this episode of Dynamite was pretty smooth sailing. Uh, I especially thought that the first half hour was exceptionally great, which we're talking about right now. And we'll get into detail a little bit more. I feel like the uh, I feel like the uh, interactions between Darby and MJF, MJF and Sting kind of feel like a can't miss type of deal. And I would say that was probably 
really my favorite part of the show, but there are still some other things that maybe I would say might interest you. Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho for sending in that super chat. We have another one here from Sheldon Jackson. Thank you so much to Sheldon who says, glad you're feeling better, Denise. Kind of concerned for Jeff and hope everything works out. And this time he does the right thing, make the right decisions. Also hot take, the outcasts are almost worse than the Nightmare Collective. Ooh, Philly, you had a good reaction to that. I want to hear your thoughts. Whoa, I don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> I think that they're getting an interesting reaction. I know some people that really like the outcast, and I know some people that don't like it. And I get it. Sometimes I, it is starting to feel like their matches and segments are kind of like the same thing every they week. They are the same thing. And so I get it, but I still wouldn't say it's as bad as Nightmare Collection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a lot. So for me, like, I want to be a fan of the outcasts. Like, I want to, I want to feel like a fan of the outcasts. I really do. I loved that Ruby Soho promo, mm -hmm. but that's it. That's the only thing that I feel like I have legitimately been interested in. Like, I'm interested in all of these people, but... For some reason, oh, I'm not going to say for some reason, because I know the reason. The reason really is that they do the same thing with them each and every single week. And we'll talk about that segment in just a second. But because of that, they're making it a little hard for me to like become a fan of the outcast. Um, but thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for uh, sending in this generous super chat um, as well. We got one here from Cody Anderson who says, do you think they should do a four-way or do a singles each um, pillar or uh, on each of the remaining pay-per-views. Oh, I see what you mean. So like every pay-per-view towards the end of the year have a different pillar. Um, I kind of would like them just to do the four-way straight off the bat. And then if they are going to do the singles matches, I think they could just do them like on special editions of like Dynamite or something. Yeah, um, it's hard for me to say that because I do think that the four-way is a good for double or nothing. But with All Out coming out and everything that's coming out, it kind of feels like Punk will be back by then. So I assume that by all out, you should be ready to do MJF versus Punk. Exactly. I feel like that's the thing. Like, I want to see MJF out there with, like, bigger players, you know? And given everything that's been coming out with CM Punk today, all of the reports, uh, it kind of makes you think, like, hey, is he coming back? It feels like he's coming back. Who knows? Um, but it feels that way. So um, as of right now, like, I don't – I. I if you're telling me, hey, Denise, would you rather see MJF versus CM Punk or MJF versus one of the pillars? You know the answer is going to be MJF versus CM Punk, right? Um, yeah. Sports Kingdom sends in a super chat saying, I cried when Jeff returned. I know someone who's going through some tough times right now. And to see Jeff return was awesome. Hope he stays active and feuds with Punk. Uh, think they have unfinished business. <clears throat> They definitely, um, you know, that would be interesting again, because we know we're talking about CM Punk, but we still don't know, you know, for sure. Right. With CM Punk, it's always, I guess, cards subject to change. You don't really know for sure <laughs> till it actually happens. Um, I don't know. Is this something you would be interested in seeing Jeff and CM Punk there? Oh, I think that would be like a cool one off if they want to do it. I have no interest in them revisiting how that program went and him like diving into Jeff's demons and stuff like that on TV again. I don't need to see that. No, in 2023. I, I don't, yeah, no. And I don't think, I don't think that they would go about it that way on AEW. I just feel like, well, one, they're a different company. And two, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like things are a little bit different now where these things are more, I don't know, like, I think people would have a very like would not react that well to no, it, you know, like people it, would no. be like a kind of outraged by it. If you're going to be bringing out this man's real demons in such a manner like that. 
Yeah, I do think it would be interesting to do something with them, though, if, if Punk comes back. Um, especially if we're going to have him and Jeff being a tag team again. I think there's interesting stuff you can do with that. Right. Uh, thank you so much to Sports Kingdom, by the way. And I also want to touch on really quickly is that like, it's this is a very complicated subject because this is something that not just you know wrestlers go through or not just Jeff Hardy. Um, you know, Sports Kingdom mentioned that he knows someone that's go through that's gone through tough times like this. And you know, I can sit here and I can tell you the exact same thing. And Phil, I'm pretty sure you can probably attest to the same thing of knowing someone who has gone through these types of struggles, whether it's drugs or alcohol, and seeing them, uh, you know, what it can do to someone's life. And it's crazy because, um. It could honestly even be worse than what it is right now for Jeff Hardy, for a lot of people's situations, you know, like people die from this disease. And so it is a very, very complicated subject, but it's also, um, I just think that the overall, the overall thing to take away from this is I just think people want the best for Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And I think, uh, just even just looking at that super chat, I hope he realizes that there are a lot of people that really love him and, and are rooting for him. Right. Um, and I mean, again, I, I don't want to, you know, judge the guy too harshly and, you know, decide what should and shouldn't happen to him. But I think, like I said, a lot of people want to see him win. And I think um, hopefully he sees that and, you know, he makes some changes. Right, right. So let's get into my favorite portion of Dynamite today. And this was the interactions, as I mentioned, between MJF and Darby and then um, Sting and MJF. So this is what we basically got from here. Just a quick little rundown. So MJF comes out there and, you know, he has this back and forth with uh, Darby Allen and he's basically, you know, trashing the people. He calls Darby uh, a shitty little emo schmuck and he tells the people, I'm so sick of you guys doing my catchphrases. So shut up. He tells Darby that he's not at the level of the devil. I'm referring to himself. And then afterwards, this is where Darby really won me over, Phil, because Darby starts saying, you know, have you ever been happy? Have you ever been happy in your life? And he goes back and he says that when he first, you know, was, you know, working with MJF in the Indies, that MJF said that he would be happy once he made it to national television. Yet look at him now, he's on national television. And then he kind of relates his own story. Darby says that his first year in AEW, he checked himself into therapy because he didn't want to be the guy that was happy on the inside. I mean, sorry, happy on the outside, but not on the inside. And I thought he touched on something very kind of deep there. And then he says that he realized that it wasn't just about him, but that he also needed to make other people happier, that other people had to be happy. And he talked about how with the money he made, he bought his mom a house. He helped his dad retire. And this got like a really good reaction. But I think the reason why it got such a good reaction was because when Darby talks about these things, they don't feel... They don't feel like he's trying to be a good guy. Like this feels very, very authentic to Darby Allen. Like I don't feel like he's bullshitting us when he's talking about this type of stuff. So that was one thing that we got from here. But then this goes into this back and forth between MJF and Darby talking about how, uh, you know, Darby's telling him he doesn't have morals. MJF says that morals kill careers. Um, this all leads to sting coming out then sting gets out there and he goes at it with um with uh with mjf bringing up cody um talking about bringing out pom-poms throwing <laughs> pom-poms out there i mean this was kind of nuts uh and this all basically leads to uh mjf eventually like skedaddling out of there and basically taking the cheap way out of things uh let's kind of talk about all of this how did you feel about darby's promo mjf's promo sting's promo which just kind of took things to another level of uh, thoughts on all of it 
Um, I think the thing I liked about Darby's promo is a lot is it didn't feel like a promo. It just it didn't feel like he was talking like a wrestler. It felt like a real person. It felt like you know when a real person succeeds, and really when you look at him out of all four pillars, he's he's had the most success. He's he's probably if not the best TNT champion. He's second best TNT champion. Um, he's he's main evented Dynamite. He's he's been in a big spot. So. I think for him to come out of that and say, look, I've had success, but, you know, success isn't everything, and I understand that. But what I've done with my little bit of success, like, this is what I want, you know. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Um, and I thought all of that was great. And I think the overarching stuff they've done with each of the pillars' um, confrontations with NAF and saying that, hey, you may be champion, but you don't look happy, dude. Like, you don't look like you're in a good place. But MGF is still doing the – well, I don't care about that. I'll do anything to remain champion. Like, none of that matters to me. And I think that's the best thing that they've done with both this and the Jungle Boy exchange. I think so, too. And it's like, that's the thing. Like, it kind of had, like, similar vibes to the Jungle Boy exchange. But I do think that with Darby Allen, it just kind of felt differently, though. And I think that just comes with... And it's funny because when you think of, like, Darby Allen, you don't necessarily think, like, great promo. Like, nobody's out there going, oh, Darby Allen is such a great promo. Like, the first thing you do say about Darby Allen that he's always going out there and doing crazy spots. And now I'm starting to get to the point where I feel like good promo should be thrown in there when you're talking about Darby Allen now because between this one and the last one that he did I feel like he's really doing a great job on all of this but this was really honestly for me my favorite part of the entire thing uh in terms of Sting man Sting going out there and <laughs> ripping ripping MJF to shreds uh how did you feel about that portion of it all I didn't know where he was going at first when he started like like a magician, like pulling all these pom-poms out and throwing them at him. I was like, where are these pom-poms coming from? I was just like, where are you going with this? Um, it almost felt like uh, Michael Keaton doing, you want to get nuts in <laughs> Batman? And it worked. I don't, for whatever reason, it was, it was kooky and silly, but it worked. Um, I don't, it, it's amazing to just see how over Sting it still is. Like, the guy is a legend. He's still treated like a legend. And, I love how much that he did make this about him. He was like, Darby's a guy. I've been here. I've done all of that already. This is Darby's moment. And so I thought that was great. And I thought I thought it was great that he also came back around to the daycare thing and was like, wait a minute. You kind of had a guy in Cody. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say Cody? <laughs> um, all that stuff was great. Um, all of the references he made, the Wolfpack reference he made on the same episode where we're kind of getting Bullet Club Wolfpack <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's definitely true it kind of feels like these were all like subtle nods and things that were kind of like mentioned and somewhat connected with each other um without like i guess maybe per i don't know if it was done on purpose or not i don't think so um because it made yeah. sense for everything that they were doing so yeah um and then uh there was one more thing i wanted to say about this uh yes when uh sting basically said that the show is almost over basically referring to himself and his career and we, you know we've known that you know obviously sting's getting older but he still goes out there and he does cool shit right so you're like secretly hoping that he can beat uh you know father time and keep doing all the things that sting does uh that was kind of a little bit of a, 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 a like a heartfelt moment there man i agree um yeah i i don't know what his last match is going to be it seems like he has that plotted out he said that in interviews before so i don't know i'm looking forward to how he handles it i think his run with aw has been really good like way better than i expected it to be 
I agree. I agree. Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, as a recovering addict, I'm rooting for Jeff. Uh, thank you so much, Heidi Ho, for sending this in. It's much appreciated. And uh, it, it's nice to hear that perspective, honestly. Um, so thank you so much to Heidi Ho. And let me get caught up with the comments, everybody. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, press on from here. We got people, by the way, saying that they thought Sting was uh, the standout during this promo. Uh, Justin says one of the things that really stands out for Darby is he's very relatable and genuine. He's not playing a character. Exactly. And that's kind of what Phil touched on where you said where you said that it doesn't feel like a wrestler reciting a promo, but rather like a person talking. And I think that is what makes things um, just a lot differently there. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and press on from here. Uh, we ended up getting a quick uh, squash. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs defeats uh, the Butcher in a very quick, uh, very quick squash. But what I want to talk about here, Phil, <laughs> holy cow. Like I laugh at like the dumbest things. Okay. So I'm sorry, but this this was funny. But to me, it was like a hundred times, times, times that in terms of the funniness. So after this match, Wardlow destroys power, um, um, Hobbs's car. He destroys it. He he gets like a big old I forgot what it is that he got, but he like smashed the window, the breaks crowbar, all apart. He gets was it a crowbar or no? Yeah, was it, it was like a big gold thing. It wasn't in like those. Oh, it was those stands, those like stands that he had that the, the rope was tied to. Yeah. The sanction stand. I think that's what they're called. I forgot what they're called. Whatever those stands. <laughs> and he just like grabbed it and like smashed the window. Right. Whatever. So he gets into this forklift and they run. He turns. He he flips the car upside down, whatever. Right. But afterwards, he gets out of the forklift. He forgot to literally switch gears and park the and park the forklift. So the forklift keeps freaking moving straight into the <laughs> damn car. Phil, what? <laughs> This was the best thing I've seen. Now, granted, um, because of the car, I was able to stop the forklift, but this could have gone entirely wrong, man. What'd um, you think of this? I mean, they telegraphed it the second they showed the car before the match, and they kept doing it. War. Uh, Hobbs really loves this car that we've never seen before. <laughs> so, oh, I was by like, the way, oh. I'm so sorry, guys. I literally said butcher <laughs> instead of Silas Young. I'm sorry, guys. Continue yeah, uh, on. My correction. Wait. My bad. <laughs> I, we knew where this was going as soon as the match was going go, was over. We knew Warlow was going to show up and smash the car like the the bonus round from Street Fighter Two, um, but it, it was so funny too because while it was happening, I was like, "This is definitely a thing that's happening." I I know this is supposed to be a cool thing for Warlow, but I I'm still on Team Hobbs at this point. Like nothing that's happened so far. It's like, all right, well. I want Warlow to get his comeuppance. Um, if anything, I'm still more behind Hobbs. And every yeah. time we see Aaron Solo with this QTV stuff, he's the standout of this thing. He is the funniest guy out of these guys. Like, the QT stuff is here or there for me, but Aaron Solo is always the funniest guy every time they do anything together. That thing last week where they were all laughing and he was, he was spraying the breast spray in his mouth and everybody else's mouth while they were laughing, hilarious. Um, so this week when he got... <laughs> And it, and that bump through the table looked very scary. Just just where his head was afterwards, I was like, "Boy, I hope he's okay." But yeah, I and I even noticed the the I didn't even notice it was still running until you just said that. But I was like, "Yeah, the forklift was still going." 
<laughs> it was. Oh my God. It was so funny. So now like, um, what do you call it? Like my husband, he works like in a warehouse. Right. So he like knows all about this stuff. So right away I sent him like the, like I said, I told him what happened because he was at work and he was like, oh my God, he's off. So basically what did he say? Hold on. I have, I have the forklift, the forklift guide here. This is what was supposed guide. to happen. Here's what was supposed to happen. Um, he said, quote, he's supposed to switch it to park and then put the parking brake. So it sounds like there's two steps to this. I don't know. I'm not a forklift driver, but I know my uh, my husband knows about that stuff because he certifies. He basically helps certify people um, for that stuff because that's part of, you know, his job as a manager at a warehouse. So like he knows about all of this stuff. Right. So I was like dying. And that was so funny because everyone in the comments was like writing the same thing. Like Wardlow would not last in a warehouse. Wardlow, <laughs> Wardlow's not forklift certified. Um, oh, I think it's OSHA is like their safety, whatever the hell it is. But they're like, OSHA's going to be mad at this. So I just thought this was so funny. Like this was every day comedy for me right here but this was good stuff leave, leave um, it to the professionals wardlow yeah if he ever thought if wardlow ever considered a backup career later on in life in, in a warehouse i think it's done they, they ain't hiring them they ain't hiring them um all right so we are getting Hobbs versus Wardlow next week for the TNT title. Um, I definitely want to see Hobbs retain uh i'm still good with Hobbs being champion i still want to see more of Hobbs as champion wait do, do you have on a run to jewel is that what that is? What happened? Do you have on a Ronda Jewel shirt? Is that what that is? Who, me? Yeah. I got my CM Punk shirt. Yeah. CM oh, Punk no. Shirt. It's it's based off of Ronda Jewel. That's what it is. Oh, okay. No, I was like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes, it's a rap group. All of their all of their album covers has like the... Oh, this? Band. Like yeah, the thing? Has, yeah, that's what that's based off of. Ronda Jewel. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, shit. I learned a fun fact today. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, but that's based off of... Uh, 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 Killer Mike and uh, LP, Runner Joe. I thought it was kind of like a, a like a pipe bomb like type of. I mean, I'm like a pipe bomb type of reference. That's kind of what I took it as. But I don't know. I'm sure you're right on this one. I just no, saw the shirt. It's, it's, and I'm like, I love the design. It's a dope shirt. Like I just, I just saw the finger because when I see that in this, I all, I just automatically think Runner Joe. Yeah, yeah. Ellen zero five zero says you learn something new every day. That is dang right, right there. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, I love how everybody's just here. Um, our rig says I wouldn't expect Wardlow to know how to uh, how to work a, a forklift. James Jones says uh, OSHA don't play. I love it. Oh man. Uh, this is Justin who says what Wardlow did tonight is why at Walmart where I work, you will get fired if you use machinery without being certified. <laughs> well, yeah, you legitimately have to be certified for that stuff. But uh, obviously, pro wrestling is a little different. Um, all right, let's continue on from here. We got a pretty damn good match here between Orange Cassidy and Buddy Matthews for the AEW International Championship. I'm not going to lie, Phil. I feel like this was legitimately one of my favorite um defenses that orange cassidy has had for the inter international championship um this was a really damn good match and my favorite part of it was kind of towards the end where you saw orange cassidy do the ddt off the top of the rope and then immediately got got um, buddy with a ddt on the outside and then got back in there in the ring, hits him with another DDT. It was like DDT everywhere. It was a DDT Lollapalooza. Um, eventually, you know, Orange Cassidy gets the win here, but this was a damn good match. What'd you think of it? 
I thought it was great. Um, I thought this made uh, Bud Matt look really good. I thought his entrance was really cool. Um, I think his knee strikes throughout the match looked amazing. <laughs> like the one on the apron, I was like, whoa. I, I thought he I thought he was going to knock this guy out at <laughs> several points through the match. Um, yeah, but I thought them focusing on a hand injury, I knew as soon as he unwrapped the hand that Buddy was going to come and stomp on it, and he did not disappoint. Um, I thought this was really good. What do you see going next for Orange Cassidy? Like, what do you think is, like, one of the things that you feel you would like to see Orange Cassidy do or have, like, a big program with down the line? Um, I feel like this is building up to him being, like, now that he has the hand injury, everything that's going on with him, that being a fighting champion now, he's getting all these, like, nicks and tears from this, and it's wearing him out. So I think the person that finally beats him it's going to be because, like, he's like he's defended this title to death. And he has been a great champion. Like, he's been an incredible champion. So, but I, I really like the story of him being a fighting champion and taking on these injuries from everybody that he's faced. Um, I don't know who's the guy to beat him at this point. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's got to be a heel at this point because he's, like, one of the top baby faces in the company. Maybe that'd be a good way to... Give I wanted Jay it to White be Jeff Jarrett. I remember Will and I were arguing about this. I was <laughs> yeah, like, it should have been Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Where were you on this? Were you like not wanting to? Are you like, were you, are you a fan of Jeff Jarrett or are you not a fan of Jeff Jarrett? Because like Will and I got into these arguments all the time because he was so anti-Jeff Jarrett. Like we got into it, man. <laughs> I'm not anti-Jeff Jarrett. I think Jeff Jarrett is unironically great right now. Um, and every time he gets close to winning something, I'm like, oh, no. They, they're not doing this are they and, and then i think about it for a minute and i'm like might not be the end of the world might not might be all right um so i won't say that i wanted to be beat orange cassidy but it wouldn't have been terrible either um i kind of feel like this would be a good spot for jay white if they want to give jay white like a first big win there and give him like this big heel victory uh might not be a bad idea and if even after whatever you're doing with swerve wouldn't be a bad idea to give swerve that win either if you want to give him his first singles gold Damn, I kind of like both of those ideas. I'm going to have to steal those from you, Phil. I like both <laughs> of those ideas. Those are some good options right there. All right, um, let's go ahead and press on from here. Uh, we got, and by the way, Heidi Ho, who sent in the super chat earlier, asking if he should watch Dynamite, says, sounds like I need to watch this episode. See, I had a feeling. I was like, you oh, you'll probably figure it out for yourself whether or not this is something that interests you or not. But let's get into um, Kenny Omega and everything that went down with the BCC. So we got a quick promo um, from Kenny Omega, who was in his home, apparently and um lies. yeah yeah it was all lies guys it was all lies because we end up seeing kenny omega afterwards but whatever so he's talking about the actions of the bcc etc um we get into this match with michael nakazawa and brandon cutler versus the bcc this was actually kind of fun this was the bcc just beating the living shit out of nakazawa and brandon cutler like this was good times although it was kind of weird seeing brandon cutler bleed i'm not used to seeing brandon cutler bleed so it felt sort of weird seeing him with his little uh, mask and all of the blood and everything it just felt weird but anyway we end up seeing um obviously the bcc well the referee pretty much puts a stop to this match and it's like no like this ain't gonna go any further like these two guys are done so they call this match afterwards kenny omega goes out there he kind of distracts them for a bit the young bucks come from behind attack the bcc so then um the elite are all in there and they get to this moment where John Moxley is basically um, just there. And Kenny Omega brings out this like gear case, 
But instead, um, he gets handed a screwdriver to basically do the exact same thing that Brian Danielson had done to Hangman Page the week prior with the screwdriver. And so Kenny Omega attempts to put that screwdriver on John Moxley, but John Moxley is saved by his guys. And that's pretty much um, how this whole thing um, plays down. So let's start off with... Um, I'm curious what your how did you feel the second you realized that we were getting into this program with the BCC and the Elite, and how much do you think it adds um, to AEW Dynamite as a weekly television show? Um, I think it's good to see the Elite doing a big storyline on on television again because they haven't been in a while. Um, I I think it's weird that now like we've got two storylines that are now revolving around tools. You had to hammer the first time with the best of seven. Oh now shit! He's got driver. <laughs> I just realized it. Oh shit! You're on to something here, man. But here we are. Um, but no, I, I think this is. And I think BCC are the best heel act in the company. I I love these guys as heels. I think the the promo box cut. While he was beating uh, beating the guys down at one point, he was like, we put the elite in the elite. We are the best here. I was like, oh, I love this. This is great. And I sign me up every time Mox wants to talk shit. Like when when he beat Punk, I know that's a controversial one when he squashed Punk. But after he squashed Punk and he looked right in the camera, was like, oh, you didn't think that was going to happen? And he cut that promo afterwards. I thought it was amazing. And so... <laughs> I was so pissed. I mean, I wasn't pissed. I was more so just like, what the hell did we just see? What the hell was that? I was not on the side of liking that at all. I, I thought it was one of the dumbest things I had ever seen on television. <laughs> I enjoyed it for what it was. And I think what made me enjoy it was Mox. I think Mox made it work. Uh, um, and I feel like the same ever since they've turned heel. Like, I just think like he's been so much better since they turned heel. Claudio's better since yeah. they turned heel. Yeah. Yuta's been waiting to be a little shithead since he's since he's got that got him gotten that title around his waist, and then Shibata took it away. Um, so I enjoyed all of this, and I think um, it's a good way to keep the trio division high without using the title segment. So I think it's great. I mean, if if anything, I'm wondering like what's the next big thing for House of Black because they're holding the belts. Yeah. So that's the thing when you mentioned the my whole thing with the, uh, with speaking in regards to the elite. I remember kind of feeling like, man, like they're back. But after the stuff with the death triangle, it kind of felt like there was really nothing there for them. Like they were just there. And I remember thinking like they should I mean, they're the freaking elite. Like they should have something of a bigger deal on this show. Yeah. And then the BCC. I thought they were getting boring at one point. I'm like, they're coming out and having the exact same matches. I'm kind of bored here. So for me, kind of, you know, getting both of these two teams into a storyline made perfect sense and just kind of bettered both, like both sides of these, both sides are benefiting from this. You got a big story that feels like a big deal with big stars. And it actually feels interesting to see what is going to, you know, play out. I feel like there's all of these different, um, you know, layers to this story. You got John Kellis, you got Hangman Page. Um, I feel like there's just a lot here. Um, House of Black, it does kind of feel like, you know, they have the titles, but okay, what else? And I kind of feel bad because that's kind of been like their story in AEW where it's like, oh yeah, the House of Black, cool. But what else? Yeah. Kind of. It does feel like they're, they're now second fiddle in a trio division because um, the Elite and the BCC are the hottest story. Um, which, I mean, isn't a terrible thing, but it is kind of like you've got to figure out what you're doing House of Black by the pay-per-view, at least. Um, I think the other thing that's great about this is they've got so many other things that are 
going in other directions from this storyline. Like you still got the hangman stuff on the elite side. You still got Brian just coming back and where that's going. I still think they're going to kick Brian out. I told somebody else this. They don't believe it, but I do think they're going to kick Brian out. I don't think that that the the BCC is going to turn on Brian. What? Why? I don't think Mox. I, I think part of his heel turn is that Mox has been different ever since he lost the title. And I don't think he ever got over how Regal cheated him. And if you remember, Brian defended Regal for the longest. He tried to win that title match with the Regal with the Regal stretch. I don't think Mox ever forgot that. And I think it's very clear that the Bullet Club follow Mox. They don't follow Brian. Look, at first I kind of thought that you were kind of crazy for thinking that. But the second you tied it back to the events that unfolded with William Regal and Brian being on his side and having that tension with John Moxley, I can see it. And John Moxley seems like the kind of person that, um, you know, if someone did him dirty in the past, he's not going to forget about it just like that. So I would not be surprised if they did end up doing something like that. Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, I know this ain't AW related, but I just had a Tiffany epiphany. Tiffany now has the best moonsault in the business. She has a great moonsault, man. We've been seeing don't, it for a while now. Don't disrespect Io Shirai like that. We got, we got, let's see who's got the best moonsault in the business. And I can guarantee you if we get 10 people in the room and ask them who has the best moonsault in the business, everybody's going to give a different answer. Or I don't know if everyone's going to give a different answer, but there'll be different options. Heidi Hope, thank you so much for the super chat. It's much appreciated. Um, All right. And last but not, oh, I still got a couple more things to talk about. Um, Let's get into the women's stuff because we did touch on this earlier, but we pretty much have to actually go through the details here. So we had Reho and Sky Blue versus the Outcast, which were Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. Um, This was a very quick... um, this was a quick match, to be honest. We end up seeing Tony get the win for her team. She hits the hip attack on Sky Blue, gets the win for her team. As we know, Sky Blue recently became All Elite. I kind of feel foolish, though, Phil. I thought she was All Elite already for some reason. <laughs> I guess I just assumed she was All Elite for some reason. But she's officially All Elite, though. Um, And then afterwards, we see the outcasts do their spray painting, their spray painting, Um, then... Uh, Riho gets pa- she's spray painting Riho. Riho gets power bombed, and then after this, uh, we see Jamie run out there. Then we see Britt Baker run out there, and it's kind of the exact same thing we've been seeing every week. And I feel like I say the same thing for this one every week. I think they need to switch it up, man. We can't keep doing the run-ins. It's the same thing. It makes people look dumb. And why didn't Jamie run out there with Britt? Why they run out separately? Why does she wait so long to run out? Why does she let Riho get beat down and spray painted before she ran out? That too. I mean, there's a lot of things that really haven't been making sense when you think about this because like they should have all already known ahead of time. Like, hey, I don't know, man. I'm just at the point where I don't even know what to say anymore. (laughs) They've been doing the same thing for weeks. So you'd have to think at this point, like use your numbers at this point. They're going to use their numbers. They've been doing it for weeks. Um, and I don't hate the outcast. I do think that it's been better with Ruby. Um, and I think the best thing <laughs> I can say about this match is that I thought it made Sky Blue look really good. Melissa Cavale sends in a comment saying she runs faster. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Britt was like, oh, you're leaving already? Wait, where are you going? <laughs> 
I'm dead. Okay, Melissa popped me with that one. So I'm visualizing it now. We're like backstage and catering, having a cookie or something. Oh shit, our girl needs us. Run. Okay, that's funny. I'm dying. All right, I church pastor says, uh, just a little love to my peeps. Blessings. Thank you so much for sending this appreciate in. It's you. much appreciated. Thank you very much. Um, sorry, Phil, I didn't mean to cut you off, by the way. Continue on. Sorry, I just had to like laugh about that. No, I think it, like I said, if anything, I think this made Sky Blue look good now that she signed, even though she took the pin here. I thought she looked great, and I think she looks better and better every time she's on TV. Um, she does. I if anything, I also kind of looked at, all right, well, what would make Britt come out slower? I don't know. Do her and Rio get along that great? No. <laughs> I I thought that uh, at least, if anything, as well, too, that it 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 raised anticipation for Britt to come out because the DMD chants were very loud at some point. And so at least, you know, the crowd was into this. Um, but, yeah, they've got to switch this up. They've got to stop doing the same formula of, all right, the outcast beat somebody down. Then the baby faces run out to stop them. Every, they stand tall and then they stare at each other from the stage and the ring. It's like, um, if you're going to get to the triple to, to the triple threat or the trios match, wherever you're going to go with this, I think you got to you gotta make a decision on what you're doing soon. Yeah, I agree. I agree because right now it's kind of like, it's just not working. I feel like we're not, I want to be into the outcast as heels as a group. I want to be interested in the story. And right now I'm more so interested in wanting to see Jamie Hayter kind of do her own thing as champion. Like yeah. that to me, just I have more interest going that direction where I kind of feel like all of this other stuff with the outcast and everything going down is kind of dragging her down as champion. And I don't want to I don't want to feel that way, but that's kind of how I feel right now. Um, so anyways, um, after this, we ended up getting the main event, which was Keith Lee versus Chris Jericho. This was a fun little match, man. Um, some of the moments that stood out to me was um Clearly, Keith Lee getting the moonsault in on Jericho, but Jericho getting the knees up. Jericho locking in the walls of Jericho on Keith Lee. Uh, Jericho going for a code breaker, but Keith Lee turning it into a power bomb instead. We see Swerve come out, costing Keith Lee the match, so Jericho gets the win. Afterwards, Adam Cole comes out and fist bumps Keith Lee, former NXT guys. Um, and then uh, afterwards, he basically does the exact same thing that Jericho did to him previously when uh, Adam Cole defeated uh, Daniel Garcia and kind of Jericho came out and didn't want to do eye contact and diss dump. That's kind of what Adam Cole did again, um, did to Jericho this time um, at the ending of uh, Dynamite. Uh, so first of all, I guess we'll touch on Keith Lee and Jericho. How did you feel about the match and uh, thoughts on what they're doing with Jericho and Adam Cole? Um, I thought the match was really good. Um, it's really good to see Keith Lee back on TV. Um, I think... Uh, he went off TV for too long. And I think there was a stretch where we were all confused. Okay. Is, is this Swerve and Keith Lee still stuff still going? Where are they going with this? So it was good to see all of that stuff come back around and be used on dynamite and in the main event. Um, and like I said, towards the beginning of the show, I'm glad that we got something that started at the beginning of the show. And then we got the yeah. payoff of it at the end of the show with Swerve. Um, so I, I enjoyed all this. I thought the match was good. I thought Keith, looks great he still does all of the uber athletic stuff the power bomb he does still looks amazing um i even realized it i felt stupid when i realized it when cole and keith lee fist bumped afterwards i was like that's right keith lee is the guy that beat him for the nxt championship nice and then that's the thing like i i feel like you can tie all of this stuff in together and it's been kind of like 
With Keith Lee, I feel like when he came in, I was instantly expecting this like big role for him. And when he went into this tag team with Swerve, I really liked what they were doing there. It was still a different direction from what I had previously expected from Keith Lee, but I still liked what they did there. But now it kind of feels like, okay, you know, now we're seeing Keith Lee, you know, kind of do something separately. Of course, you still have Swerve involved in this, but I kind of like the way that they're kind of maneuvering him around now with the roster, getting these match, getting a main event match with Chris Jericho. Like that to me is pretty, it's an interesting main event to see because it's not, you know, it's a fresh matchup, not something that you've seen before. So it's nice to actually get a match like this on Dynamite. So I thought that was pretty cool. In terms of like Adam Cole and Chris Jericho and what they're doing, uh, I feel like this is kind of a, you know, I'm ready to see what that explosive moment is going to be when we finally kind of get to it, where right now it's kind of like just throwing shade at one another. I'm ready to see like what is going to be like the official catalyst of this, you know, Adam Cole Jericho situation. So it's a little bit of where I'm at with all of this. So, um, man. That was AEW Dynamite. Phil, first of all, I want to thank you so much for literally like super last minute because I reached out to you yesterday and I was <laughs> like, hey, can you come on the show? I really appreciate you coming on. Before we like wrap everything up, I just let the people know where they can show you some love, where they can support you and watch some of your content that you do. Uh, you can watch me on Saturdays at noon Eastern. I'm hosting Grapsity on FIFO's YouTube channel with Will Washington and, and, and Righteous Reg. Uh, you can read my work at uh, Bleacher Report. I just did an article on Seth Rollins this week. Um, and I think that's it. Um, <laughs> you can also follow me. Twitter handle is next to Denise. <laughs> Don't follow Denise under that Twitter handle. Yeah, me. Um, yeah I think that's about it. Um, I don't know. Part of me is worried. I don't want this this Adam Cole thing with Jericho to last for a decade like all Jericho feuds do. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully this is good i like where they're going with it all righty um guys as for me as you all know i will be here three times a week as always on f4w tuesdays i wasn't here yesterday because i was sick and dying but tuesdays dying. nxt yeah sick and dying but hey whatever um uh what was i saying oh yeah Tuesdays NXT, Wednesdays AEW Dynamite, and then Friday I will be back to talk about SmackDown. I will be going live right after SmackDown because Rampage is going to be on at a way later time, so I will be on immediately following SmackDown. And then, of course, on Saturdays, you guys can now catch me on Busted Open Radio. I would love to hear your guys' reactions and feedbacks to the shows that I've been doing there. I'm still a newbie, but hey, it's going down. Um, and last but not least, if you haven't already, head on over to YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I'm officially at 99,000 YouTube subscribers. I'm less than a thousand subscribers from getting to 100K, which has been my goal for a very long time. So if you guys haven't already, head on over to youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo, and I will see you guys back here on Friday.